seeking collaborations with influential people, at GZPR, we create passion-fueled collaborations that go beyond traditional representation, a performance agency that onboards new clients every month. Our focus is on POC collaborations. Contact us now at hellogzpr.com, a self-aware public relations agency exploring world perspectives with leading talents. Hello and welcome. My name is Tiffany Farrag and welcome to Get to Know You, a podcast for those who want to open conversations and access deeper dialogue, where conversations can become stronger when we explore our thinking and behavior. Every Tuesday, a new question will be asked to a guest speaker, genuine people here to have insightful conversations. A big announcement, a new course has started called How to Get to Know You. We'll be giving away the first lesson for free on the website. The link is available in the show description. My guest speaker today is a strategy executive who earned his stripes as a disruptor, innovator, and predictor in the entertainment, magazine publishing, sports, and marketing industries, first known for merging traditional marketing principles with modern marketing techniques during his in-house and agency days. He evolved a platform based on viewing the term brand only as a verb. As such, he then started his consultancy the brand artist strategy as a service. Additionally, his expertise and distinct points of view regarding activities taken by Fortune 500 companies have positioned him as a frequently sought-after source in the advertising trades, guest lecturer and subject matter expert on ethics, culture, and community as a business imperative. Furthermore, his perspective has led him to various accolades, including two... Midas Awards and recognition as 2020 Innovator by the Advertising Club of New York. When when not directly tending to his consultancy, he serves as a senior leadership member for 100 Roses from Concrete and the GROWTH Growth Initiative and Advisory Leader for the communications agency Bold Culture by Streamlined. Simply put, Gary strives to understand all business via the intersection of active branding and what is happening in society. Welcoming Jerry, Gary J. Nix to get to know you. Welcome, Gary. Thank you so much, Tiffany. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. And yeah, it'd be great for you to tell us a bit about your agency. Sure. Um, so the Brandicist strategy as a service is pretty much kind of how it sounds. You know, it's... Um, we do strategy only. Um, we do help people on the execution side through partnerships. Um, but my thing, the thing that we are best at is strategy. And then the, the term brandicist and the word that we use brandarchy is kind of just a play on what it might sound like. You know, it's a, it's a play on the, the concept of anarchy. Um, and we do that because it has felt for a very long time that the way that we think is so much different than the way others in our industry do think, or at least different than the ways they act. You know, so we're not into the status quo. We're not into doing things in a good enough way. We try our best to um, perform and provide the absolute best 
for our clients. And we do through we do so through science. We do so do so through experience, like decades worth of experience. We do so through actually figuring out what people want, what they're reacting to, what they're feeling. Because in our minds, if you're trying to get if you're trying to make money, which every business is trying to do, the key is to understand where you're getting the money from. And that's the people, not just kind of doing what you think might work because you want to do so. Sure. So you're taking in a lot of different things. You're taking in and it's, you know, you're really trying to listen to the client. Yes. And, and the final client, in our opinion, is the people, is the consumer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we are, we, we feel that the best way to serve our client that's a business is to do, through, do so through the service of the people because that's who they're trying to get money from. You know, it's, it's, um, it's kind of one of those things where sometimes like, well, you have to make the client happy. It's like, yes, but it's not a vendor type service that we're providing. We know that ultimately the way to make the client happy is to make sure that they're making more money. So we have to figure out how to make that happen, not just how to do things that the client wants, not just how to do um, things that the client says. We, we have to understand what the client needs. And if we have to help them through that process of understanding that, we do that as well. But that's also why we do strategy because it's like, okay, here's the question. This is where you want to go. Why do you want to do certain things? Why do you need to do certain things? The first question that we're looking to answer all the time is why. And then we can talk about that. We can talk about the processes that are necessary there. We can talk about the things that actually need to do to get them where they want to go. And we can plan that out for them. And then you can start executing off of that. But what we do is we plan. We are we are the blueprints uh, creators. We provide the structure. We provide the foundation. That's what we do. Nice, nice. And what are some key things that distinguish you from other play, other companies? Oh, I, I I definitely believe that the biggest thing is how we talk about the word brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word brand is often used as the product or the service. It's often used as the logo, um, and we view it as an all-encompassing promise and an activity that you have to do because it's about the, in terms of trying to get more uh, customers, there have to be certain connections that are made. And because the way we look at the term brand includes um, elements such as your vision, your mission, um, your tone of voice, which a lot of people still, you know, in the industry, they still talk about that stuff, but they kind of talk about it in a way where it's like, okay, yeah, those are the things, those are the nice things that we say. And then, you know, we, we kind of do whatever, but mm. we do some of that. True. Or, you know, we, we, we take that and say, okay, this is what it is. And then you kind of leave it there. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, this has to be an activity because we're in a space of communication. Communication will help you connect. So you actively have to stand by these things. You actually have to do these things for people to understand who you are as a company. Mm-hmm. 
So your promise is not only through your product or service offering. Your, your promise is through the way that you actually stand up for your customers, the way that you're actually there and you, you believe in whatever it is that you believe in. Um, it, your, your, your brand comes through in the way that you're understood. Because you need all of those things. You need, you need those types of connections to actually get people to want to reach into their pockets and give you their money as opposed to giving one of your competitors. Sure. No. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I like that you, you, you know, you've taken that, you know, a, you know, you take it a deeper dive into it for the client to see like, no, no, let's focus on these things that for other companies might seem so minute, like they're nothing, but they actually are important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's fantastic. And just for the listeners, cause you know, a lot of people don't know a strategy executive, like what, what, what it is exactly that you do? Like, what is a day like look like for you? Oh, uh, uh, you know, uh, different days look like different, you know, look different ways. But um, I will say that all of my days include paying attention to what's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I spend a whole lot of time, some would say too much time, on Twitter. Mm hmm even if it's just observing. And um, as much as I do love Twitter, and sometimes I feel like I might be in the minority of people who feel that way about that platform, um, I don't say that Twitter is my one resource and that's it. Um, One of the things that I like about Twitter, especially when it comes to what it is that I do, is that it can be an, unf- uh, uh, an unfiltered mirror of society. And some people might think of that as being scary, and I can, I, I can absolutely see why they would. Um, but one of the things that I was able to learn just through observing t- uh, Twitter or be reminded of is the difference between how someone actually feels and, and the way they're reacting to something in the moment. You know, there's, there's something about that real time aspect of it that if you pay attention, you can see the difference between a s- statement made there that's based off of intellect and some, some level of, you know, thoughtfulness and something that's completely emotional and absolutely reactionary. And as people, we all have, we, we all have both of those moments, but it's not always easy to tell which one is which, mm-hmm. you know? So, so like another, another one of the things that uh, we talk about as, as, as a consultancy is the idea of moving um, quickly versus moving quickly or swift, swiftly um, as opposed to moving fast. And the way that we look at that is moving fast is just concentrating on speed, which is not necessarily the best. Um, sometimes it's better to move, or most of the time it's better to move uh, quickly or swiftly because there's a little bit more thought in that. It's like, okay, what's going to happen? So let me just 
do something swiftly. You know, we, we don't want to move slowly if we don't have to, but we do want to have some level of thought in what we do and do so as, as quickly as possible because there's, there's a little bit more preparation in that. You know, if you're, if you're kind of thinking of maybe um, some sort of uh, predators, like maybe, maybe cheetahs chasing some sort of animal, right? And they're moving fast, right? That's what they do. They move fast. And then like maybe like a gazelle, that's what they're chasing down. And the gazelle will just make like a quick shift, right? They, 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 they didn't necessarily do a lot, but what happened is that quick shift, that super fast cheetah can't, can't make that because all the fast, all the, all the power, all the energy is going towards fast. Like, let's get this as quickly as possible. And then, boom, they're, they're done. They're past. They're trying to scramble. They're tumbling now, basically, because they were, they were only moving fast. That little quick shift was the thing that mattered the most. And there you go. That's, that's why that, that gazelle is so alive. Yeah, so it's like not it's not like don't you know it's not about working hard, it's about working smart. Yeah. Absolutely. That's that's the biggest key because only working hard if you're working hard in the wrong direction, that's ultimately doing nothing for you. You know, so let's actually have some real thought, some actual intentionality in what it is that we're doing. Yeah. Because you have a better chance of getting where you need to go when you do it that way. Sure, absolutely. I think that's the hard part, though. Most people don't know how to do that. They think if I just work hard, I work hard, I work hard, it will come to me or I'll find it or I'll see it or, or, or it will happen or whatever it may be. They don't think to work smart because it's difficult to think. And then sometimes you're like, oh, it's overthink. And then you think too much and, like, and then you don't take any direction at all. Yeah. And, and I think part of that is because we've been taught to work hard. Yeah. But we, but it's been so simplified, right? Because the key is, it's not that we're saying don't work hard. We're saying in working hard, think more about what you need to actually do. Yeah. Don't just keep try. Don't just keep trying and toiling at the same thing. If it's not working, try to figure out why it's not working. Is it not working because it just takes longer or is it not working because you're going in the wrong direction? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And even though with the way, like, I like how your thoughts and I like how you construct your agency and, and you, you, you're very, you're very uh, intentional as to how and, and really um, present in, in all these different aspects and with your clients. And, and it's just, it's just great to, even the way you communicate, you also, it's not just about how, you, you know, you work in that field and you, what you're describing that you do. It's, it's apparent in the way you're communicating with me right now and how you're talking. So I'm sure, listeners, you can hear that also. And just for, you've just touched on this as well as you were talking about how, listeners, the question is, why are actions ruled by emotion? And this is something that obviously you have a clear focus around. And it's such an interesting topic to discuss. And as you said, people have a different feeling to something and then they feel something and then do something else that doesn't match what they're feeling. And for yeah. you as a strategist, you have to look at, like, you have to get to where they're feeling or, like, how are you, you know, I'm sure it doesn't happen all the time, but when do you see certain things, example, with clients? Well, we can talk about this as obviously with all humans, but in, in clients, how you see, okay, they're saying this or maybe they're doing this and you're like, mm, something's not right here. And then you feel like mm, there's something more to it. It's not matching with what they're feeling. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I think part of that is uh, kind of twofold. I, I, I think what I've seen the most is that there's just a clear um, um, disconnection between what they are saying and what they're doing. And sometimes that's just structural. You know, sometimes that's maybe just, that may be uh, new people coming into a, a company. Um, sometimes that's the people who actually do the work thinking differently than the people who make the final decisions. Um, the problem with that from a strictly business standpoint is when that disconnect exists, you can't maximize your, res- your revenue. And, excuse me, in, in, at least in my mind, all businesses should try to maximize the revenue. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've been in marketing for 26 years now. And the amount of people who still believe that marketing doesn't matter based off of the way that we measure revenue gains, ROI, et cetera, is still staggering to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that is because the way I learned marketing last century, because I'm that old, mm-hmm. um, is that there is a marketing suite that takes up that, that consists of four parts. There's the actual marketing itself, which is figuring out who you need to talk to. There's the advertising part, which is figuring out what to say. The promotions part, which is actually saying it. And the public relations part, which is the continuation of the relationship building and the communication that you start with. And I have no idea how you can effectively make money by not understanding who it is that you're trying to talk to. Mm-hmm. But everyone wants to concentrate on sales. Yes. And my thing is, I understand that sales are important to you. I understand that the way that we measure things in most ways, we don't count the marketing costs. So there's a flaw in the system there. Um, but how can you sell something if you don't know who you're selling to? That's one of the first questions I basically ask in, in some form or fashion, um, either in pitch meetings or in the, in the beginning of the engagement. Sure. Uh, are there because, many situations yeah, when people don't know? Well, they, they like they, they have products or they have things or have whatever it is, and they like I don't know who it's meant to be for. They they don't go far enough to really figure it out. Okay, because they figure out that it's like it's either everybody or a certain demographic. So now it's everybody within that demographic, mm-hmm. because that's the way we used to do things, right? Mm-hmm. And then in order to scale, everyone's thinking about well, if we want to scale, we want to sell to everybody because people want to have these large companies where they have all this revenue and all these customers and everything like that. But it's like, okay, so one, no company has ever sold to everybody. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. Two, um, you're always going to have 
new consumers that you're trying to reach just because of the way that time works. You know, uh, three demographics is what we used to have access to. So that's why we generalized that way. But the fact that we have more information about people, we have more access to people. We have all these different things that we didn't have when we started doing this stuff that help us think about things in a different way. We can start thinking about networks. We can start talking, thinking about just what people may be interested in or like, no matter their age, no matter their gender, no matter their ethnicity, no matter what. Like we have we have access to this kind of information now. Yeah. We can get access to this kind of information now. Why are we not doing things that way? Mm-hmm. In a way that makes sense, right? Oh. The way I look at it is if you want to concentrate on the sale, then you have to concentrate on what you need to do in order to sell to the people who will actually like your product. Focus on that and the sales will come instead of mm-hmm. focusing on the sales and then trying to kind of retrofit on the back end. Mm. And then when we're talking about sales, another thing that we just do is sale based on feature set. My product is better than your product. My service is better than your service. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going, you know, clearly I'm not saying that every product is the same, but there's so many um, viable options for people. There must be something different that makes people buy from Nike instead of Adidas. That makes yes. people buy, want to buy a Samsung TV over an LG. Yes. You know. So what's that? Yeah. Because because you can have the argument there who's best. Mm-hmm. Right? Because they are they're comparable enough where you can have that that argument. And there's likely an objective answer to who is the best there. Mm-hmm. But that usually comes by people who are doing all these different tests and they have um, all these different levels of expertise in, in all of the, the super detailed and technological things that are there because that's what, object, that's what objectivity is, built, is based off of. But people, especially at scale, we don't specialize in objectivity. We specialize in what we like. Yeah. So what's the thing that we like? What's most important to us? And more often than not, is that it is the thing needs to fulfill what we need. All the bells and whistles that they might have, that might be nice, but can it yeah. fulfill what we feel that we need? That's right. And and that's it. The key word is feel. Exactly, exactly. Well, that's what they say. They say, you know, with the research that, that's out there and that they say that you first, you, you know, you feel, you act, and then you think. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. We don't like to think of ourselves that way as people. Yeah. But that's exactly what we do. Exactly. And that's why, you know, you know, if we look at this question, why are actions ruled by emotion? And as examples, as you're showing as well. So, you did say something in the beginning, and I'm, I'm just trying to understand you. 
when you're saying, you know, if people's actions are saying one thing and their emotions are saying another, are you do you not do you sit there trying to question them and wait until both of these things match before you take any action? Um, I don't necessarily uh, try to wait. It's more, it's more so I try to decipher, mm-hmm. right? Because um, we all have reactions to things that happen. We may not voice those reactions necessarily. Yeah. But we all have them. And many times the way that we react, that we react to something in the moment is not the full way that we feel about that thing. Yes. So that's, that's kind of the key. It's like, is someone reacting to something because of what's been happening um, to them or around them historically? Mm-hmm. Um, is it something that's, you know, that's important to them in terms of what they've seen? Are they just very happy right now? Are they very angry right now? Have they had the time to to rationalize what it is that they were trying to say? Have they done it already? Have they not? You know, because it's, it's, it's also not about judgment. It's about understanding the situation, where the person is in that situation, and where they want to go or how they want to get out of that situation or how they want to get deeper into that situation. And you have to, you have to um, give some level of analysis to all that stuff because we're trying to get what, we're trying to get to what they ultimately want, not to what they want in that moment because moments are fleeting. Yeah. So it's about what they actually want. What is, how is what they are saying right now pointing them towards what they ultimately want. And that's not easy. That's not easy to do. But what can be done is looking at what has happened, looking at, looking at how society is built. Um, You know, thinking about what's happening from a psychological angle from a sociological angle. Considering all those things and really taking your time to say, okay, so this is what's happening. How can I positively affect or impact that? Because through your product or service, you're promising that you can positively affect or impact that person's life. Sure, absolutely. Um, so you should be trying to do that in everything that you do, right? That's what you're supposed to be doing. Exactly, exactly. What if, though, like, let's say you have a client and you can see that they're acting, uh, their actions, like, they're, they're, it's jealousy. It's more jealousy because they want another company to to buy their product. Or like, or partner with some other company, something like that, and they actually just really want a partnership with a certain company, but they act out out of jealousy and in an anger kind of form. Um. Well, thankfully, I haven't had to deal with that yet. 
Um, <laughs> but for me, part of my job is to make sure that they're focused on the right thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of what, that's part of the reason why I like just saying the strategy. Yeah. Um, I, like when I was on the agency side, I was still in the strategy department and I was still a strategist. Um, but for me, one of the things that I thought was extra wild was it's like, okay, so you have me here to kind of tell, to let you know what you should be doing. But you don't want to listen and you want to execute in a different way. Mm. Why am I here? And that would bother me, which is part of the reason why I stepped away from the execution part. It's like, yeah. like I'm going to come in here and tell you what you need to hear, what I think you need to do based off of my experience and the data that I'm presenting to you. Whether you do that or not, that's up to you. If you want my help in doing that, I'm glad to do so. Otherwise, here's what you need to do. You know, go for it. Yeah. And that fits kind of better with me than me kind of telling people, here's what's going to happen if you do this thing that you're telling me. Mm-hmm. Because A, B, C, D through Z, and a couple of numbers, because I can go into rabbit holes, <laughs> right? Um, and I can go like very deep, sometimes deeper than, I, than, than necessary at that point. Sure. But it's, it's the, I'm trying to be as clear as possible. I'm trying to give you as much information to help you as I can. And throughout my 26 years, there have been a number of um, business entities. Um, beginning when I was working in the music industry up until now that wanted to go a different direction. You know, I, I, I can't stop you from going in a direction. I can suggest everything. They were going in a different direction. And then whatever it was they were doing at that point would fail exactly for the reasons that I had listed before. Mm. It's like I almost wrote the script for it. Yeah. And while there's some satisfaction to be like, okay, yes, I actually do know what I'm talking about. There's also the, like a dissatisfaction because it's like, well, I was actually trying to help and I wasn't able to help because for whatever reason, they didn't listen. Sure. Even though I predicted everything that they went through. Yeah. You know, so it's just like, well, okay. I, I don't want to just go around saying I told you so. Yeah. All the time. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's just a matter of, look, you like my advice? Here's, here's your advice. Yeah. Here's why I'm saying you should do it this way. If you have questions, please ask. And, you know, if you um, would like help in going in that direction, here are some people that I know because, once again, what I said before, I don't like it enough. Mm. I've done a bunch of different things throughout my career. And some of the execution parts, I can do good enough. Yeah. But I, that doesn't satisfy me. I want the best that you can get. Yeah. 
So there are people who can do certain things better than I work with them because they will do a better job than I would. Mm-hmm. And it's my job to give you the best. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I like how you have that that thought process and how you it is interesting how you, you know, when clients do want to go into a different direction as to what you recommend, but you show them all the data and information information that says well if you head down that path this is what's going to happen and and then it eventually happening have you ever been able to you know see a client maybe want to go down that path um and and make them shift into seeing things clearly (laughs) really oh yes yes thankfully i mean if if i was if (laughs) if i wasn't able to convince anyone i would not be very good at my job yeah ultimately um but it always goes through like an actual conversation. It's like, sure. okay, so why do you, you know, why do you want to do it this way? Mm. What are you looking to get yeah. out of them? You know, what makes you, you know, what are your concerns with what I'm saying? You know, it's about asking the right questions there. Um, and I would say 95% of the time as a low estimate, it's because they're so focused on the sale. Like, yeah, but if we don't, if we if we do that, we're not selling right away. It's like, I hear you. Yeah. But here's the problem that you're not thinking about. No one's ready to buy from you. Mm. You you can't make anyone buy your product. No. That is not a thing. No. It absolutely is not a thing. You know. You have to go back to some of the the old school um, kind of principles. Yeah, you know, people seeing things at least six times before they even remember them. Like you know, like old school stuff like that. Yeah, that because we have so much new technology and so many different things that we can do, we've forgotten about the principles of things. Yeah, we've forgotten about how humans work, but we're still trying to sell the humans. Mm-hmm. Which is why when I go through the analysis of a brand, I have intellectual elements and I have emotional elements. Yeah. And we talk about the fact that we are more so run by emotion and we use intellect to justify what it is that we're going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we start talking about how, how um, our emotions actually help us with our intuition. You know, we, yeah. we talk about these things and this is why the emotional part is is um so important yeah and and even though i've been saying things in this way for 20 some odd years i guess i didn't feel validated until i had uh written a piece about it on um a blog Mm -hmm. and it got syndicated by entrepreneur yeah wow and it's like, oh, okay. So that was like that was like the validation that yeah. I to go to go even even further, even though I I was kind of always developing the the idea, and I'm still developing it because I don't think we stop learning, or sure. we shouldn't. Yeah. Um. But you know, it's it's that kind of thing. That, oh, okay, yes, I, I'm I'm a good path here, but it's based off of something that seems so simple. And sometimes it's even just talk to us. Like, oh, yes, of course. But but this, it's like, well, if it's of course, then it's no but. Yeah. You actually have to do this thing. You cannot, you cannot sidestep this 
You cannot step over it. You can't skip it. This is something that's foundational. And, and, and until you treat it as such, you're not going to have the success, the success that you are looking for. Mm-hmm. And that's my key. That's the key for my business to, to get you to the success that you're looking for. Not just to get you some success, but to get you closer to, if not to the point of success that you're looking for. Yeah, that's fantastic. And what there are a lot of moving parts for that. Yeah. What are the other, that's fantastic. What are the other, so you focus on emotion, like you're talking about intuition there, which a lot of people don't focus on. And they think it's some like wishy-washy thing. Like a lot of people aren't in tune with it and, and, and don't believe in, in intuition at all. What are some other uh, emotional frameworks that you're focusing on? Well, I guess it, it all starts with just the general framework of um, my company, which is, kind of what we call brandarchy. <laughs> and it's the 13 elements of that um, all brands are worked uh, are sorry are, are built off of. Mm-hmm. So I start with the intellectual side just because that's where people feel they are. Yes. You know, so we're talking about value, identity, positioning, strategy, quality, mission and vision which is what a lot of um, brands, branding agencies focus on. Yes. And it makes sense. Like, they absolutely should. But because I think that so many companies, so many CFOs, so many of the other people who make decisions who are not as in tune with marketing as a CMO or any other person in the marketing department would be. Yeah. They see these things as yes, you need to have them, but how do they make how do these things make us money? Mm-hmm. Which is when I go into the emotional side of things, which is connectivity, integrity, perception, reputation, relationships, and trust. Well, no, you really you really break it down there. You really like yeah. Can you elaborate? Sure. So it's um, most recently I've been, I've noticed that I've been focusing all of my work on trust, mm-hmm. especially I, like I haven't left out any of the other 12 elements, but the trust part has been huge. And I and, and that's because what I've been seeing in society, what I've been seeing uh, systemically just, just understanding that trust is so powerful. Um, not only just between person to person, but everyone is talking about trust and, and integrity in the companies that they want to buy from. Sure. Now, how much of that is translating into the actual revenue that these companies are made, making? That's a different conversation. It's mm-hmm. a valid conversation. But the reason why I say it's a different conversation is because my job is to maximize for my client. Yeah. So I'm going to say, yeah, trust and integrity. Maybe you can find success without really touching on that, but you will absolutely find more success if you concentrate on that. Mm. 
if you have more people who trust you as a company, they're more likely to buy from you. If you can keep showing them that they should trust you, they are more likely to come back and buy from you. You know, and then I present the numbers on, on those types of things. Sure. Because to me, it's like, well, if I'm telling you that you have a better chance to do this this way, shouldn't you do it this way? Mm-hmm. That should that should be the easy choice. Yeah. You do this way, you do you do it this way, you have a 10% chance. You do it this other way, you have a 70% chance. Which one are you picking? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a 70% chance, absolutely. Although you when you talk about trust and integrity, it's easier though if you're an established brand or you're an established uh, business or a company and you've got some clients, right? But what if you're a whole new thing altogether? You don't have clientele. You don't have anything. How do you how do you get that going? So in my opinion, it's actually easier if you're newer. It's easier. Why is that? To me, yes. In, in general. Because the established companies are especially like the bigger ones yeah they are they are viewed as just trying to make money Mm. they're not viewed the company is not viewed necessarily as trustworthy okay if they have plenty of return um customers it's because they they have created a a product that people really like they're used to that they're comfortable with all these other things that is just you know we're here because We've been here more so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you have elements like trust and integrity built into what you're doing from the beginning, you are letting people know what it is that you believe in. You're letting people know what kind of people are at your company. You are letting people know what kind of company you're trying to build. And now that sales cycle will become shorter as long as you can clearly communicate what it is that you have to offer, what it is that you're doing, as opposed to a larger company who's just looked upon as this capitalistic entity that's just making money and stuff like that. And, 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 and it's money above everything else. Sure. And then if you have stakeholders or if you have a large number of people, it's like, okay, well, let's see. Are these people going to believe in making sure that that uh, our consumers trust us? What if we make a mistake? Are we going to lose something? When you're coming in, you have, you have less to lose. And when you have the bigger company, you have more to lose in the short term. Mm but you really have way more to lose if you don't take care of those things Sure. because you'll start eroding and shrinking and like, why are we not making as much money as we used to? Why are we not making as much profit as we used to? Yeah. It's because you're not there for your customers. You're there for your money. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I didn't think about it like that. Um, as to maybe how smaller things that just start off could actually, it's, it'd be beneficial because they're not such a big company. They, they're really um, careful or care about their clients or the first clients that they get. They're obviously going to be, there's a lot of care that's going to be um, involved in, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. 
So that that definitely makes a lot of sense, and that's where like, but even to you know, I guess it comes around like the right words to say, the right way to articulate what it is that your product can benefit your client just to get that initial bite. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's more so the key of what your brand stands for. Mm-hmm. Your, your product or service, what it can provide, that part is simple. You give the details and, and then the proof is through the, through the delivery. Mm-hmm. That's easy. But once again, that's not why people choose to buy from you. That can be part of what's um, the reason that people keep buying from you, you know, because you can't have a great brand in terms of what it stands for and everything and then have a, a shoddy product that that doesn't work either. <laughs> right. Yeah. But. The product promise part that's easier because that is more objective the key is all the other stuff around it how are you serving a need that 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 may not have been served before mm-hmm. what is it different what what is maybe your your approach to things what's different about that that's going to make people want to buy from you sure are you really serving the kind of customer that you're looking for? Are you taking care of them? Is it, is it more so or all about them? Yeah. Those things matter just as much. Yeah. But it, it can be used as a positioning or a, a competitive advantage just because you are super serving your customer. Mm-hmm. Not only through the quality of your product or service, yeah. but through the product and quality of the relationship that you're building with them. That you're building with them, sure. Yeah. Through the loyalty that you're showing them. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. I like how you just like, go deeper into that and and really you know you're making me see there's more layers to it and if you like focus on you know integrity and trust with with the with the client like absolutely and just just looking at this again like back on this question if you do have you would you say follow the if you if you know if you have actions are showing one thing and words are showing another where would you say the emotion lies? Like, what, what do you trust? Well, the problem is if those things don't align, then there's no trust. Because no trust it's just confusion. Mm. Yeah, or, or very little trust because it's confusion. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you, you can't figure out what's trust because something just doesn't, it doesn't add up. So, so those two things do need to align. So don't take any, yeah. you know, dig a bit deeper before the, you know, these two things need to align for any anything to move forward. Yeah, yeah. The, the confusion has to be determined whether it's okay. Is it a misunderstanding or yeah. is it a misalignment? Yeah. If okay. it was a misunderstanding, just more clarity and making sure that people understand. Okay, cool. That's fixed. If it's sure. a misalignment, that's going to be a problem. Sure, sure. No, absolutely. 
Well, thank you so much, Gary, for this great conversation. And I really uh, I really enjoyed it. And you really opened my eyes to a lot of different things. I love to ask all my guest speakers, how has the conversation and talking these things out loud with me right now made you reflect or highlight anything to you? Um, it, it, it's really just reminded me um, about the track that I'm going on, you know, trying to figure, trying to learn more about all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm so happy to be able to talk about this more. I think I, I really feel that part of the issues that are taking place in the advertising industry is because we don't have these conversations. They're, they're not, respected enough and not acknowledged as as uh, critical um which they should be though you know it's 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 a way that can can make our industry better because the marketing and advertising industry as a whole is the most pervasive or one of the most pervasive ones in on this planet mm-hmm. because we are trying to either control or be a major part of the communication that's taking place, no matter what the conversation is. And with that comes a lot of um, a a high need for respect because it's a lot of power. You you, you You can be very dangerous if you're not responsible with all this power. You know, so having conversations like this, I hope they point that out to people and and kind of make people uh, think about things even deeper because it does help me just talking through it helps me do the same. Yeah, absolutely. Where can people find you, Gary? Uh, Sure. So um, I can be found on Twitter very often at uh, uh, Mr. McFly. That's M-R underscore McFly. Mm -hmm. Um, You can find stuff about my company my, on the company website, which is thebrandarchist.com. Uh, I can be found on LinkedIn, Gary J. Nix, and um, on Instagram at thebrandarchist. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. This has been an incredible conversation. And listeners, uh, remember to send in your perspectives and your questions on the discussion. Thank you, Gary. Thank you so, so very much, Tiffany. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Get to Know You. If you enjoyed this podcast, rate, review, and share the podcast on Facebook or Instagram. You can tag me at Get to Know You with Tiffany Farag. In my mission to open conversations and access deeper dialogue, I want to hear from you listeners. The question again, why are our actions ruled by emotion? Leave an audio, video, or a message on the Facebook or Instagram page of your response to today's question, including your name and where you are from. We will include some different responses in next week's Get to Know You Cafe to further deepen dialogue on this topic. If you have any topics you would like us to discuss, be sure to tag me in a post with your question. Join us every Tuesday on Get to Know You.